There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the psychic scoop. Hi, sweet babes. Welcome to another episode of Psychic Scoop. I am your host, Steffi, also known as Spirit Sis. I am a psychic medium, professional astrologer, and intuition teacher here to take you on a journey. And let me tell you, I got a journey for you. I am coming back home from my two-week vacation, my first time going to Europe. And this episode today is going to be a storytelling event (laughs) because so much happened. A lot of you are DMing me being like, please do a podcast. And I don't know why y'all love to hear me talk, but that's what I'm good at (laughs) with my Mercury being in Gemini. So let's hit it. It's going to be a different format today, but I really couldn't wait to share with you some of my takeaways and lessons from traveling and also some of the funny events that happened. So here goes. I also wanted to say that I already recorded this episode once. I was super jet lagged though, and I listened back to it and I was like, why? I'm not making any sense. Not that I usually make sense, but that episode was particularly painful when I listened back. So we're in Mercury retrograde shadow. Mercury retrograde will happen next week, May 10th in Gemini. So yeah, just be prepared (laughs) for all of the fun uh, Mercury retrograde fashion that happens. And if you want to know more, you can go back to my Mercury episode 14 if you want to hear more about what to expect during that time. Okay, so where do I even start from this journey? Let's start with how I intuitively picked the places I wanted to travel to. So you know that I do everything with my intuition and most of the decisions I make in my life, I do using astrology, using my human design strategy and authority, using spirit as a guide. When I started my professional practice two and a half years ago, I said, if I'm going to walk the walk, I got to talk the talk. I said that backwards. If I want to talk the talk, I can't speak. If I want to talk the talk, I got to walk the walk. Did that sound accurate? Okay. Also, this episode is going to just be squirrely because that is the mood I'm in after being so jet lagged. And uh, anyway, so when I go back to how I wanted to book this trip, first of all, I have never really taken a long journey, a long travel. I have been fortunate to go to places domestically, you know, on my family vacation to Florida. I've been to Mexico on a cruise. So I understand that I've had the privilege of traveling, but I've never had the opportunity to go anywhere that was across seas. And what's crazy is, you know, I give astrocartography readings all day long. I've given thousands of readings at this point, and I have never really gone 
anywhere. So I know geography in the map like the back of my hand, yet I haven't been able to experience all of the lines outside of the US. So of course, when I was looking to book my trip, I wanted to go on some lines I've never been on. So I'm looking at my lines and I'm really drawn to certain areas of Europe. But of course, I wanted to include my partner who I'm going with. Andrew is my boyfriend of almost three years. We haven't traveled overseas yet or done like a big vacation because duh, COVID. But in general too, we just hadn't really taken the time for ourselves and we really just wanted to go for it. So we decided let's do it. So I, you know, looked at our astrocartography lines. Spain looked great. France looked great. Portugal looked great. We wanted to do it all, but we just decided to to go to Spain and France. And of course, I didn't want to make this decision without consulting with spirit. So I had an open conversation. I was like, yo, I want to feel safe. I want to feel really ignited. I want to have a healing experience. So show me the way. So of course, within I think a few hours, I was sitting in a cafe or getting a coffee, I forgot. And two people behind me were speaking in, in French. Okay, well, that's a cool coincidence. I'm doing air quotes because nothing is a coincidence. We know that. And then I think an hour later in the grocery store, someone had asked me if I've been to Barcelona. <laughs> and then I heard another song that was about Madrid. I forgot exactly like the series of events. And then I ended up seeing this uh, at dinner. I saw a clock that was all written in French and it had like the French Riviera map in the clock. So Andrew and I looked at each other and we're like, duh, we have to do this. So that's kind of where it started. And I knew spirit was leading me along the way because I have major anxiety. Shocker. Uh, you think I wouldn't because of all the spiritual practices I put in place. I meditate. You know, I, I make sure to connect daily to ground myself. Yet I am just riddled with anxiety all the time. And most of it does pertain to traveling and flying in an airplane. So, of course, I took to my therapist. We worked on a lot of techniques of how I can, you know, get through to this. I was prescribed medication in case I needed it. But, you know... I had a lot of uh, a lot of stuff come up from childhood of feeling lack of control. It stemmed from a lot of similar events in my life and, you know, repeated events as to why I have compulsions in these areas when it pertains to flying. Anyway, as someone who has lived and been diagnosed with panic disorder, you know, I've talked about my story a little bit, you know, how when I don't listen to my intuition, I actually get sick. And all of this stuff leading up to the trip was just painful in general. I had another kind of weird health thing come up uh, where I went for a regular physical. My blood work came back wonky. Then they sent me to a cancer specialist and hematologist where they were telling me that I had a rare disease that wasn't even really researched yet that my blood clots really easily. And this is maybe two or three days before I'm about to go on an airplane <laughs> that is an 11-hour flight. So I'm like, you're telling me that I could potentially die in this plane? 
because I have a rare disease you don't know about? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's what I'm telling you. Okay, great. Awesome. Cool. That's really helpful for someone with anxiety. <laughs> but you know, I was fine. Of course, I'm healthy. I'm fine. I'm, I'm here on the ground talking to you guys. But my gosh, it was just all of these obstacles that spirit, the universe kept throwing at me that I think was really lessons in up-leveling. Am I going to let anxiety and fear stop me? Because I'm 33 years old and it's already stopped me from traveling so far. You know, there was another thing that happened that was really painful. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to go to London for a three-week studying abroad. I guess you could call it that. It was like a, a little bit of like a fellowship program uh, in Michigan State. So I was, I think, 21 at the time. And I had asked my parents if I could go because my brother, who is the golden child of my narcissistic family, he just went on a six-month trip, six months, mind you, to Australia with his private college. And my grandparents even helped pay his way, all of that. So when I was asking my parents about a three-week trip to go to London, I was denied. And so I don't know, I think there was a limiting belief in my head being the scapegoat child that I didn't deserve to see the world, that I was being protected by something, that spirit was saying, you're not worthy enough. So leading up to this trip, I really wanted to show myself that I deserve to live. And I know this might seem dramatic, uh, but <laughs> even talking about it, I'm tearing up because I really truly believed in my soul that I was never meant to experience different cultures or different things. And, and I had a little bit of a, of a worried attitude about it uh, because of what I was, what I, what I had believed to be true. But I'm so happy I went and I'm so happy I overcame those things because in a human experience, you have to learn and grow. So anyway, on the trip, I was actually perfectly fine on the flight like surprisingly so. And maybe five, six hours in, I get this wave of panic that comes over me. And it was unbearable to the point where I was like doing my breathing, meditating, but I ended up having to take medication because I just, I felt suffocated. I can't describe the feeling. And I turn on my little headset that shows you the plane of where you're at. I look down at the city and I'm just looking at the lights, the houses, and I just felt this weird feeling. And I look at the city we're crossing over and we are directly over my hometown of Detroit, which happens to be on my Chiron line. I couldn't believe that even flying over a line in astrocartography could bring such a response within me. And also the reason why I have not gone back to Detroit specifically for over three years after learning about my Chiron experience, etc., because it is so painful. But besides that one little blip, the rest of the experience was amazing. So we are landing in Madrid. We're maybe about 10 minutes away. You know, it's been a long journey. We're excited to stretch our legs and get off the plane. And, you know, it's we're landing in a Neptune line for me. And I have always told my clients who are on Neptune lines, I say, you know, just be a little careful because on Neptune lines, you can feel really, uh, you can feel like your head in the clouds. You could feel really dreamy and things could happen. You could be prone to danger if you're not paying attention because, you know, Madrid and Barcelona, very well known for pickpocketing, I think a lot of places in Europe. So I was a little scared to be on a Neptune line. I've never been on a Neptune line before, but I was still excited. <laughs> but we're landing. So I'm expecting something. Keep in mind, too, my boyfriend and I, we both have gate of shock in our human design. He has channel struggle. There's a lot of things <laughs> that 
go against us, but we love each other and we're meant to be. We're soulmates. So we're like, we're, we're going to get there together. And the pilot comes on 10 minutes before we land and he welcomes us to Madrid, tells us the temperature, the, the use, right? And then he goes, oh, and also, I just wanted to let you know that uh, none of the luggage made it onto the flight. And we will let you know, you know, in a few days time when you can expect that luggage. (laughs) And everyone on the plane just gasps. And, you know, people are getting kind of frantic. And there's little kids on the plane, families. And we land at the airport. And it's just mad chaos. I mean, hundreds of people pushing and shoving. And one lady fell on an escalator and like her scarf got caught. I mean, it was actually a little scary. But since I knew I was in a Neptune line, I did not uh, drop my focus for a second, tried to stay really spiritual, really grounded, (laughs) asking spirit for help the whole time. And, you know, we just basically set off in Madrid with nothing but the clothes on our back. And here we are in the middle of a fashion capital wearing our pajamas <laughs> because everyone knows when you're going on a long flight or any flight, you want to wear co- cozies, right? So I was wearing long pants and, and a hoodie and had my eye mask, my my little braids in my hair, not knowing that I wouldn't have access to any of my luggage or my contacts or my makeup, any of my skincare, any of the the footwear that I brought that was supposed to be comfy. And it's about 80 degrees in Madrid and we're wearing long pants. So we just freaking set off to go buy something and we have no idea where we are. We've both never been to this country. We don't speak the language. We, we know how to get around, but we don't really know how to communicate to people. So we're here in Zara Easter weekend. It's maybe the busiest Zara I've ever been in. There's maybe like, I think want to say seven levels. And people are just running around like crazy people. I felt like it was Black Friday. That's how busy this was. And I'm just grabbing anything off the hangers. Nothing fits me because it was all very large or too small. It was just crazy. So we just buy whatever we can, just hoping our luggage is going to get there like within a day or so. But oh my gosh, we had to keep going back to the Zara to buy new things because nothing fit. At one point, I was wearing an outfit that was identical to what Steve Irwin would wear. I mean, Andrew kept asking me if I was going to wrangle iguanas. I mean, (laughs) also too, because I have so much anxiety, I had planned all my outfits and I had looked at the weather and I really wanted to look cute, you know, like some little vain part of me wanted to take some Instagram posts to share with you guys on my first European vacation. And here I am just in in $3 flats, <laughs> wearing outfits that are too saggy around my boobs and uh, went back to the hotel washed my face with uh, the three-in-one that they offered, which was shampoo, conditioner, and face wash all in one. That was what they offered in my hotel. So that's what I had to wash my face with, broke broke out and acne, you know, just the whole thing. So I just had to let go and I had to surrender. That was really hard. I mean, like the very first time you're doing something for yourself like this, can't help but think like, what did I do wrong? Because everything in my head was I did everything right. You know, I listened to spirit. I researched where to go. I researched the weather. I've done everything I could in my control. 
And then I realized that nothing really is in my control. Nothing is. I'm living a human experience and I can't control other people. I certainly couldn't go back down there and uh, make sure the luggage got on my plane. So you just have to laugh. And that's exactly what we did. We just made the most of it. Yeah, I was I was angry and angsty and, and upset and all of those emotions that came. But I was with the love of my life and we weren't going to let something small like that ruin our trip. And um, (laughs) I don't know, it got to the point where after 24 hours of us like trying to speak to this airline in Spanish, which we don't know, I ended up like consulting my friend Miguel, sweet little angel. He got on the phone with the airline and, you know, basically gave them sass in Spanish. And, uh, you know, I looked out at the sky. We're about to go to dinner and I just said out loud, I said, you know, spirit guides, angels, the universe. Like, what's the lesson here? What do I need to learn? You know, there's stillness back. I didn't hear anything. And I said out loud, you know what? Tomorrow is Easter. And I have a very complicated relationship with religion because I am a psychic. I was raised Episcopalian. I don't really know what to believe in anymore. I don't know where my beliefs stand. And I looked up at the sky and I said, yo, Jesus, (laughs) if you're there and if you're real and angels and spirit guides and everybody, if you are real, I'm testing you, make that luggage show up tomorrow. And I was being sassy, right? My Aries moon was ignited. I was not taking no for an answer. And I was testing. I was testing, testing. I had no faith. Then I let it go. I truly let it go. I was talking to Andrew. We were both saying, okay, well, what did we lose in our luggage? And okay, how much does it cost? And, you know, okay, let's leave tomorrow and just replace everything in our luggage. Like we were just totally accepting that our luggage was forever missing. And at the end of the day, you know, material items do not matter. I got on and off the plane safely. And that was really the only thing I cared about. But isn't it funny? The second you surrender, the second you let go, that's when the universe grants you something. Within 10 minutes of me having that come to Jesus literal moment of me looking up at the sky, getting on my knees, begging for anyone from spirit realm to answer my prayer, that's when I got the text message from the airline saying my luggage was on the way. And lo and behold, on Easter Sunday of all days, (laughs) there was my little luggage showing up at the hotel before we moved to Barcelona. Another thing that was crazy is we weren't even going to spend another day in Madrid. But intuitively, Andrew and I decided maybe a month ago to extend our trip. And if we hadn't have done that, we would have completely missed our luggage. So everything works out. Everything does. And it just, again, the irony of that night was we went to see an amazing flamenco show. And the whole time, I was just so immersed in how beautiful these performers were. And I kept on saying to him, I was like, this has to be improv. Like, you know, they're just listening to the music. They're so present. And sure enough, they did a little Q&A afterwards. And they said, you know, intuition rules the show. (laughs) There are certain beats and moments where we fill in, where we really understand the language. But they said, flamenco is all about presence. And I just found that so inspiring and beautiful because here I was worrying about my luggage, worrying about all the little, small, minute, dumb things about this before the trip. And when I got there, I just had to be present. I had to be in a new place. I had to explore. And 
that was one of the biggest takeaways was you can't control everything. You have to receive. You have to take every moment as it comes. And my gosh, did I learn a thing or two. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. But honestly, the rest of the trip uh, like was really memorable and amazing. And it just was a lot of eating and drinking and having fun and being in love and gallivanting around. <laughs> it rained a bunch, but it was just so fun. And obviously, there's so many little funny, cute, amazing moments that happened. But I think that was the biggest takeaway I wanted to share with you. And then I ended up going to uh, my Venus line that was also intersect my North Node line, which was in Nice, France. And being on a Venus and a North Node line, it felt like the warmest hug from the universe. I don't know. I felt sexy, even though I wasn't like, I mean, I was on my moon. <laughs> I was bloated from eating all this croissant. I felt home. And there was a moment coming in on the train from Spain to France I know about two of my past lives in, in France, um, and I was maybe expecting a little bit of some, um, you know, like past life recall, but I couldn't believe I was looking at this countryside, which I was the whole trip, right, on the trains. So beautiful. There was one place I passed that wasn't really significant on the journey. It wasn't like a, um, a stop or anything. It was this random countryside, and I felt like I knew it like inside and out. And I knew that I'd been there before. And I knew that like my family had lived there. And it was so crazy. And I mean my family in a past life, not my family now. And I recalled my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister. I remembered my my experience there. And I just remembered all of these memories and I started bawling. I was explaining to Andrew that like I missed my family. And I'm talking about the family in the past life. I don't even know who these family members have reincarnated in, reincarnated in this life. I just miss them. And I felt home. I finally felt home. I've never really felt home before. I don't know how to describe that. But, you know, I, I get homesick for people. I don't get homesick for home <laughs> because childhood and home for me isn't pleasant. It's really traumatic and, and sad. <laughs> so... When we, you know, passed the border from Spain to France, I just couldn't believe it. It was so resonant. It was just like this amazing homecoming. I was so excited to be there. And the second I even left those lines <laughs> to come back here, or I think I went like on a day trip, like one little time to, to get off the line. And the second I left the line, we had only been gone like 30, 40 minutes. And I think even the half day, we had planned on spending the whole day on this day trip. And I just said, I have to go back. <laughs> like, I don't even want to be on this day trip anymore. It doesn't feel good to be off these lines. I need to get back to Nice. <laughs> Thankfully, Andrew understands. I mean, he is like a human Xanax. He's so go with the flow. He's so down to earth. And here I am, the squirrely psychic that's like, I can't be off my astrographography lines. <laughs> but anyway, we ended up just having a blast. And gosh, it was so fun. I guess the last thing I will say is a lot of people were worried I was going to have a lot of spectral ghost activity being in Europe because it is a 
hella history-based, right? There's a lot of uh, trauma and a lot of history that's gone down. And I am happy to report that I did not have a lot of paranormal activity. I did have some, but I was kind of expecting to be a little bit of a sponge. And I was really grateful that a lot of the ghosts were, I don't know how to describe this. This is going to sound weird. I know you guys are listening to this, so it's like, it's not weird to you (laughs) because you're interested in spiritual stuff. And I can tell you how I feel. But the ghosts in the paranormal activity there, very courteous spirits, or they just wanted nothing to do with me because I'm American, maybe. (laughs) The ghosts in America tend to be a little more like poltergeist, a little ruder, um, really needy of your attention. And the ghosts in Europe were just kind of like, why are you here? Okay, move along. Like they just didn't really want to interact as much with me. It could also be because I have so much spirit protection around me. And I was really cognizant and intentional of how I was protecting my my soul there. But there was one spirit, we stayed in an Airbnb that was really, really old on a historical site. And I was really nervous that I was gonna just be like a hotbed for activity there. And there was only like one ghost and she was on the opposite end of the building. I felt her presence and I just telepathically told her why I was there, what I what I did, whatever. And she was like, okay, cool. In her like French way, you know, like saying like, okay, like you're fine. <laughs> and she never bothered us or anything. She was totally fine with us being in her space. The other activity I had, well, just in Madrid, um, you know, Madrid is built in the was eighth or ninth century. History buffs, please give me some fact checks on that. Just randomly passing by buildings. Oh, that's haunted. There's spirit there, or there wasn't. It was just a quick yes or no when I passed by. Again, nothing felt like it wanted to interact with me, which was great for me. The last, last thing, which was interesting, you know, I walked through this uh, really beautiful cemetery in Nice that overlooked the Mediterranean, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And before I walk into any cemetery, I always like do a blessing. I always, you know, ask spirit, uh, you know, to be mindful of my energy and I'll be respectful of theirs. And the second I walked into the cemetery, two spirits immediately attached. Um, one was a younger male, both male. One was a younger male that had died in some weird, um, I think it was like his leg was amputated. I don't know if it was an accident or what happened. But the second I walked in there, he disabled my right leg. So I started to limp and feel the pain, like phantom pains almost of like my leg being sore. And he was a little bit of a jokester spirit. And so I basically just said, like, cut it out. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to be in here for long. And so I continued to walk around the cemetery. I kind of lifted his spirit from me. And there was another older gentleman spirit that um, I think he was visiting a a family member. Again, this is someone who who had passed and was buried there. It seemed to me that his wife was buried there as well. He had died a long, long time ago. And he almost seemed like the gatekeeper of the whole cemetery. And it was one of those things where he just did an energy check on me. And I was like, yo, am I good? (laughs) And he was like, you're good, you're good. Just like, you know, leave when you're done. (laughs) Like, don't hang around for too long. So I just kind of, you know, nodded my head to him and uh, continued on my way. He made me feel like a little bit of labor in my chest, a little bit of heaviness. I don't know if it was a heart attack or something lung related. 
And uh, we got out of there pretty quickly because I obviously wanted to respect their wishes. And that old man followed me for a few more steps outside the cemetery, which I thought was interesting. He was a little more curious about me than most spirits are. You know, I had to really shake him off a little bit. And I had to say, like, you can't come with me. Don't follow me. And then I had to ask spirit to kind of do a divine intervention. And, you know, we severed. And I... I still think about him. I don't know exactly what his message was to me. Uh, he, again, wasn't benevolent or anything, and none of the spirits were. Very courteous ghosts over there in Europe. But that was an interesting moment, and maybe because I was on a North Node line, it could have been related to something there. I don't know. Or my Venus line. I felt very loving presence towards them and they felt it towards me. But that was pretty much it. I mean, I don't know how how else to wrap up a two-week trip and a 30-minute podcast episode, but it was truly a life-changing moment. I'm more than happy to go into more details about my astrocartography. I've been getting a lot of hits about doing an astrocartography course, helping you guys read your lines, travel intentionally. I think that was like the biggest and most beautiful blessing about this whole vacation as well as just getting some time off. And I really wanted to come back and refocus my energy towards you, towards my relationship with my listeners, my audience. How can I be of better service to you? So of course, you're always welcome to reach out to me and tell me what you want to learn from me and how I can best help you. What do you want to learn? <laughs> what do you want to know? But to my best of my ability, I want to be able to be there for you. So Anyway, you know how to find me on my Instagram at spirit underscore sis or on my website, spiritsis.com. I'm still uh, offering my free masterclass about how to find your purpose using your birth chart. I have a lot of amazing, amazing aha moments coming in from birth chart biz students about their own purpose and gifts and their career paths and how they're helping other people by reading their charts. It just fulfills me so much. It makes me so freaking happy. And I can't wait to just deliver more courses to really teach you and make you grow and expand and ascend. And all of us are going to do it together. So that's a major lesson I've always gotten. <laughs> anyway, I just, there's so much more I could share. I just, I guess, condense it for now. And I'm happy I re-recorded this because the first one was a hot mess. This one was still a hot mess, but maybe better. I just wanted to say I love you guys and I'm going to continue to provide good content for you and hopefully some of this resonates or at least made you laugh. <laughs> Thanks for coming on this journey with me and we will for sure connect again soon. All right. Love ya. Bye-bye.